First-time listeners, I'm excited to welcome you to the Ziegler Inspire podcast. And for our faithful listeners, I'm excited to have you back. If you are familiar with Mr. Ziegler, then you know goal-setting is a topic he is very passionate about. In this recording, you'll hear him discuss the importance of having a vision and choosing your life goals. Let's listen to Zig Ziegler. See, success is not an event. It's a process. Failure is not a person, it is an event. And the picture you have of yourself plays a major role. In reality, in the book of Numbers, we read something about self-image. You remember when the 12 spies were sent into the promised land to explore it? And now 10 of them came back uh, as negative nails, you know, oh, they got a bunch of giants up there, and we are grasshoppers in our eyes and in their eyes. Now, everybody with any common sense knows a grasshopper ain't going to kill a giant. And so they talked, the ten talked to the rest of the crowd out of going uh, in to take the land. And God said, all you got to do is go get it. I'm going to fight for you. But they didn't take God at his word. Now, Caleb and Joshua, the only two who survived the 40 years in the desert and as the first prime minister of Israel uh, said when they were reborn as a nation, They wandered around 40 years and then stopped in the only place in the Middle East that didn't have oil on it. Now, anyhow, they saw themselves as grasshoppers and that image is there. Now, as we look at goals, talking with Fred Smith yesterday, he said we got to look first at the difference between direction and goals. Now, it's a very important distinction. The direction we have in our life is critically important. How you select your goals is determined or should be determined by the direction you want. For example, if you want to go to Atlanta from uh, Dallas, Texas, uh, you know you got to go east. Now, if you leave Dallas and drive a little while and see a sign, Lubbock, Texas, next stop, Uh, you can still get to Atlanta by going west, but it takes a lot longer and it's going to take more than an automobile. So you got to determine the direction uh, you want in your life. Now, we need a vision. You know, Solomon says, my people perish for lack of a vision. Albert Schweitzer, in his declining years, was asked the question, how goes it, Dr. Schweitzer? And he said, my eyesight fails, but my vision is clearer than ever. Helen Keller said, it is better to have a vision and no sight than to have it the other way around. Uh, Jesse Stone and Zimmel says, a vision is a clearly articulated results-oriented picture of a future you tend to create. Now, all of this is tied in with our image, our self-image. Emerson said, what lies behind you and what lies before you are tiny matters compared to what lies within you. You were born to win. You're created in God's own image. 
But in order to be the winner you were born to be, there's got to be a game plan to go along with it. Sometimes our direction is diverted, sometimes even radically altered by enticing short-range goals. We want the new car, the big house, joining a fancy country club, the luxury vacations so badly that we will commit all of our time, energies, and efforts to get stuff. And in the process, we lose our direction and we sacrifice the people who are the most important of all. One writer put it this way, we're so anxious to eat the fruit that we pick it before it is ripe. A young man named Dan Williams, whom I've come to know pretty well over the last four or five years, in 1994, he had uh, just been fired from his fourth consecutive job, and it was an integrity problem. He lost his house. His life had been threatened. He was at the very bottom. He was highly goal-motivated, but it was money-motivated and the stuff that goes with the money. And we're inclined to take so many shortcuts when that is our major objective. The only thing he had left, really, and this is a lot, he had a wonderful wife and a brand new baby. He was a graduate in 1988 of Pepperdine University. As a matter of fact, he had his MBA from there. And he made a decision. He realized that uh, he had to right his ship up. He had to straighten up and fly right because uh, he was in desperate trouble. And he made a very simple decision on his own. He was going to get any kind of job he could and work awfully hard at it. Well, he got a job with Brink Security System. And in six months' time, he ended up the number six salesman out of their whole staff of 400. And they'd had 12 months to sell. He only had six months. So they made him the general manager of that particular area. And it about scared him to death because he had absolutely no experience. He went in a bookstore. He had not read a book since he had graduated from college in 1988. Now you think about that for a moment, folks. That's a ridiculous thing. You know, less than one, a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a lot of education. Two of the most brilliant men I've ever known, PhDs, college professors, friends of mine, estimated, and that's all they could do, that considerably less than one half of 1% of our total knowledge has been acquired in a formal educational setting. Now, please don't misunderstand. In no way am I trying to say anything that would discourage anybody from getting all the formal education that they can. But if you don't have it, that is not a legitimate reason for not getting it. Forgive me when I use another personal example, but we have a young lady on our staff named Laurie Majors. Laurie has been my executive assistant for 22 years. She finished the 10th grade of formal education. A few years ago, we evaluated our key personnel, and she certainly qualifies as key personnel. She checked out at slightly above the master's degree level. You can finish your formal education. You can even make it easy. That's not true. Uh, you can finish your schooling, I should say. You can even make it easy, but that's not true of education. You never finish it. You always continue on it. 
Well, at any rate, Dan went into a bookstore and he saw a tape in there entitled How to Get What You Want. Happened to be uh, by a fellow that talked funny and told a lot of jokes and even had the audacity to make the statement that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Now, he said, I didn't believe that for a minute. But he said it was interesting listening and it was entertaining and there was so much truth in it. He said, I saturated then I, myself with it and he said, I started getting the other tapes and it turned out to be the most profound leadership course he had ever taken. Now, why would it be a leadership course? Very simple. You got to be before you can do and you got to do before you can have. We were talking about developing the qualities that will enable you to be the kind of person that God designs you to be and expects you to be. He did phenomenally well in that position and then uh, they moved him uh, to the regional general manager with the largest territory in the entire division. He said he listened to tapes 90 minutes a day. He started reading at least one book a week. He came through our Born to Win seminar four different times, but the first time he hit the jackpot, he committed his life to Jesus Christ. Radical changes. You see, he tied himself to the eternal power. And when you do that, folks, that's when things happen. Uh, he restored uh, his relationship with his father. He had never had one. Uh, he started falling through on all of the other things. The day will come, and he is now the senior vice president at Lee Hecht Harrison. He teaches leadership courses. He's taught 20 courses there at the Crystal Cathedral uh, out in uh, the Los Angeles area. He teaches a class. He's doing so many other things, and it all happened uh, because when he really realized that, yes, there were some things that he could do that would make a difference, he started doing those things. You know, folks, we want to live rich, and we also want to die rich, don't we? We want to live well, but even more importantly, we want to finish well. Uh, I was uh, looking up a couple of little scriptures here. Uh, in the third book of Third John, the second uh, verse, it says, I wish above all things, my brethren, that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul Prospereth. Now, I looked up the word prosper, and it uh, is to favor, to render successful, to grow or to increase, to thrive. You know, so many times in the church, we are reluctant to talk about money and reluctant to talk about having money as a goal. A lot of people even misquote the scriptures, you know, saying uh, money is the root of all evil, and that, of course, is not true. It's the love of money. Just cannot, must not make it your God. But did you know the Bible talks a whole lot more about money and success than it does about heaven? It literally does. But it wasn't until I was rereading. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll read something and I don't get the whole message while I was there. Do any of you ever do things like that? I think Zig was trying to emphasize that people often sacrifice what they want most in life for what they want right now. Having a true vision for your life helps keep your time, energy, and efforts focused directly on your long-term goals. Do you have a true vision for your life? Until next week, I'm Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. Ziggler. 
inspiring true performance.